following story was told by Katie, a writer and mental health advocate from Mental Health Connecticut's Write On program. This story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. Hello, my name is Katie Hope. I am not a hero, I am not a villain, and I am not a victim. Because saying I am one of the three would imply I operate under those implications. No. I have never been and hope to never be those things. That said, I have always been a writer. It is how I identified myself. It was the job I wanted, the passion I had, the person I was. Still, I was always a fiction writer, young adult fantasy being my own personal niche, for the most part. I could write for hours on end, pages upon pages, novel upon novel, without fail of idea or of words. When it came to my story, however, I always drew a blank. Where to start, where to end, was I good enough in the middle? These were questions I didn't have with my fiction pieces or the works of poetry my mother raved about all my life. You see, when writing a work of fiction, you control everything. If you don't want to have earthly limitations, you don't make the story about Earth. If you don't like women, you make it a world of only men. The list is endless. Perhaps that's why I like fiction writing. In our own lives, we can never control everything. There are too many other people involved. I suppose when I finally get the guts to have an editor involved in my stories, it will be more complex. But until then, it's my own little sanctuary. When I try to sit down and write about myself, things are not so serene. Not so simple and straightforward. I've had a hard life. Haven't we all? When I was 10, I was diagnosed with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I stopped eating, convinced food and anything else I ingested would kill me. I washed my hands till they bled and was afraid to hug my mother without showering immediately afterwards, a fact that damn near broke me when I thought about it afterwards. My family was my biggest supporter, and through intensive therapy and a hospital stint, I started to get back to my new normal. Before my diagnosis, I was fairly average, slightly above if I'm in the bragging mood. I was in the top group for reading and math in my class. I had friends. Not a lot, but enough. I had big dreams, big plans, and the ability to work towards those goals. Yes, I struggled, but I also didn't know I was different. Whether that be my age or state of mind doesn't seem to matter now. I was happy, bright, and full of potential. After, I was barely a blip on my old life's radar. By middle school, my friends from a previous life had abandoned me as they became more of who they wanted to be and who I would never become. I would never be valedictorian or class president. I was never popular, so why would that change? Today I realize we really just grew apart. But with everything else going on, this caused me to have, go into a deep depression. At the age of 12, I made a plan to commit suicide. I don't know that I fully wanted to die as much as I wanted to make it all stop. I wanted to stop being a burden to my family, a nuisance to my friends, and a constant struggle for myself. So yeah, I guess I didn't really want to die as the first option. It was just an option that wasn't out of the question. At this point, I was given the diagnosis of depression and nonverbal learning disability, which is a form of autism. It should be noted that somewhere in between, I picked up a generalized anxiety disorder as well. Again, I was put into the hospital and through intensive therapy. During my first time in the hospital, all I wanted was to go home. I had been 10 years old, ripped from a wonderful life, in a matter of months become a shell of a person. 
As I said before, at that point I wasn't eating. In fact, I hadn't had a proper meal in at least two months. But from that I came out alive but shaken. The second time in the hospital, I was almost relieved to be there. In there, the world stopped. There were no teachers demanding you get this done or take that test or plan for this future. There were no other kids whispering their painful, aching words as you cried your way through the hall. There was no one to let you down. The only expectation in the hospital was to feel better. Another side note, I was in the children's ward. The adult and teenage wards were very different from my understanding, so I don't want to make it seem like it's this magical place, because for many, it was hell. For many of the children in the ward with me, it was also home. I would hear the night nurses whispering about some of the other children. I believe the term lifers was used. That particular child couldn't have been more than six years old. That's how the world saw us, though. We were no longer people, just averages and statistics. For me, I was just a burden. The next 10 years would consist of three special ed schools, regular therapy sessions, bullying, losing a lot of friends, gaining a few for life, going to community college over my biggest dream of going away, working two jobs, and a lot of self-discovery. At my lowest, I didn't want to live. So comparatively, I've come pretty far. These days, I walk into the restroom at my job and see the employees must wash hand sign, and I smile from ear to ear, because that's me. When I got my first of the two jobs, I had a teacher tell me I would be fired in three weeks. I'm going on my seventh year with the company, and while I have been moved to a different department, I was not fired. In fact, the new department is more competitive. For some people, that comment made by a teacher would have broke them, and for a while, it almost broke me. Every time I had to leave work early because of an anxiety attack, I'd hear her in the back of my head, and I would think, this is it, it's over. Then I show up for my next shift, and life goes on. This is possible because of the support I received from my family and my best friends since childhood. To both parties, I owe my everything. Enough of the mushy stuff. All my life, I've been told conflicting stories. One saying anyone can do anything they put their mind to. Another saying I am no one, and no one can accomplish anything, least of all happiness. Happiness is all I ever wanted. No, scratch that. Contentment is all I ever wanted. I don't need to feel happy all the time, but I would like for there to be a long stretch where I'm not constantly worried about everything, with my mind racing faster than I can get words out of my mouth or onto a page. I know that will never happen, though. Not in my lifetime. In a story, when you end, you want to do two, in general, do one of two things. One being leave room for a sequel, two being leave room for a happily ever after feeling. Rarely do both, do both occur in the same frame. That's how it feels living with a high functioning mental illness. I can either be smart or disabled, happy or have depression, anxious or strong. The list goes on and on. All my life I've been told I am one or the other. Never both. Sometimes I just want to be both. Sometimes I just want it to be okay to be both and for both to make sense to other people. I used to, in my fits of hysteria and tears, tell my mother I was too smart to be autistic and too autistic to be smart. I would say it out of desperation and frustration, but it was true. My story goes much deeper than just this one piece, of course. It's a complex web that I hope to one day get fully down on paper and in print. Until then, I will try to be happy with what I have accomplished and look forward to what is next.
And for the record, that does both one and two. Thank you. This story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.